0: Matt Stapp, I'm going to do something on this podcast that I've never done before. You ready? No. We're recording a podcast on Saturday night. You better believe I'm going to have a beer. That's what I'm talking about. Tef it, step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your state championship uh, heroes at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider uh, and making it this far. Like, here we are, dude. We are at the state championship. (laughs) We're here. Um... I'll be honest. I'll be honest. There were there were significant there were a, a non, there was a non-zero number of moments during mm. this year that I did not think we'd be recording this podcast.
1: Yeah, and I was a little more positive. Um, mm. I was a little. I was worried. I'm not gonna lie. There was there was a couple of times where I was worried. But I think uh, of the of the two of us, I had the. I know you were a little more wary of things, and I was mm. a li- tried. To, it, it, I tried to. Give the air of positivity, and and yeah. it looked. Hey, it got us here. So
0: you had to talk me off the ledge a couple times. And, but, you, but hey,
1: you know what? That's we were just we we are just concerned football first responders.
0: Right, football first responders. Uh, but here we are at the state championship games, going down at AT and T Stadium in Arlington. So here's how step and step is going to work this time. Because we've been weed. talking, we've been talking a little bit about it because. For those who don't know, this is only the 4A, 3A, and 2A, and 1A mm-hmm. state championships. 6A and 5A, we got to wait another month until— yeah, That's going to be the weird
1: part, is leaving the stadium Friday night, and then, like, oh, there's games tomorrow. Dude, there's, there's a finality leaving AT&T Stadium after the state championships.
0: Yeah, that's what's so odd about this, is that, mm-hmm. like, normally for us, is that we go uh, to AT&T Stadium— and we absolutely just destroy our bodies and our minds for four consecutive days. And really fundamentally, it's about when when you add in all the pre stuff we do and stuff, it ends up being about 9 days of just full on pedal to the metal, nothing but work type stuff. Mm-hmm. But your reward, if you want to call it a reward cuz it's kind of sad when football's over, but the reward is that you're done. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. That, that's the end of it. And there's that kind of happy, sad moment of like, oh, man, you know, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time. That sucks that we got to wait now until August and stuff. And you start thinking about, OK, well, this is not a realignment year. And so that's the normal rhythm. And instead, we're going to walk out of there where you'll walk out of there Friday you walk out of there Friday, and it'll be like, well, I guess we probably got about fourteen games tomorrow. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be going to two of them. <laughs>
1: Golly. yeah, so that's going to be bizarre. It's going to be, be bizarre. real bizarre. But hey, so, so it's football, you know, and it's better than not football. Absolutely. I mean, and so, we've gotten here, and congratulations, uh, not only to the teams who are getting there, but I think all of you know everyone involved—the coaches and the kids and the communities—for mm-hmm. for getting the four A, the small schools. Uh, in essence, a full season. Um, that is, I, I would say, a minor miracle in the middle of a pandemic.
0: I entirely, entirely agree. So, uh, another weird thing about this is uh, I'm not going to be there. I will not be at at t Stadium. This is the first state championship I've missed since Katie Lake Travis 2015. Um. And because I had to come back, that was in Houston, I had to fly back Saturday morning because they needed me in studio for Fox to do scoreboard. Uh, but if you don't count that, um, this is the first state championship game I will in person I will miss since 2010. Wow, that's um,
1: it's yeah. tough, you know, and I hate it. It's going to be weird not not having you there, um, mm-hmm. but. You know, I get it. I understand. I know. I know
0: it sucks. for. I mean, I, I hate it for you personally, because I know how it, I know how much you enjoy being there. I do. Although, yeah, you know, the, the vibe is going to be weird out there. I think the vibe is going to be weird. Um, But, you know, it's still the state championship. It's going to be fun. I'm sad I'm not going to be there. But at the same time, uh, Fox needs me in studio. We are doing – don't worry. Fox Sports Southwest is going to cover all 12 – oh, my gosh. This is a force of habit. All eight games, Mm -hmm. um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, And I'll be in studio for all of it, uh, doing the the pre-half and post-type stuff. Um, But – The way that Tep and Step, we're going to have, of course, your over-the-top crazy coverage of Texas football on texasfootball.com. Best coverage of the state championship games uh, at texasfootball.com slash state. We're recording this Saturday night. I don't know when we're going to release this. We'll probably release it with the big flood of all the the stuff tomorrow night at about 7 o'clock. So Sunday at 7, we'll probably dump this into your feed. But the way that we're going to do Tep and Step this week, because it's going to be different. Because normally, we just do day-by-day podcasts. And we record four of them. We do a Wednesday podcast, a Thursday podcast, a Friday podcast, and a Saturday podcast. Well, Mm -hmm. A, there's only three games, or three days, rather. And B, we actually called in a ringer for the... Uh, went for the six man games uh, at tomorrow. Or by the time you hear this, it'll be today. I am going to record a podcast with Granger Hunters, our six man football insider, who's going to be calling both of the games with Craig way on Fox sports Southwest. So I'm not going to ask step who not a six man guy. I'm not no. going to ask Steph to break those down, but at the same time, that then leaves us with one game on Wednesday and it doesn't feel right to just do like a Wednesday pod. Not <laughs> for for just for one game. For just, for just the 2A Division II game. So here's what we're going to do. This is your Wednesday and Thursday state championship game uh, uh, uh preview edition of Tep and Step. That's what we're going to do. We're going to preview all uh, four of the games that are going on at at t Stadium on Wednesday and on Thursday. And that's just the decision that we made and you can just deal with it. How about that? Hey, just send your
1: emails to Greg.Tepper at OklahomaFootball.com. Yeah. Oklahoma
0: OklahomaFootball.com. You nailed it. Yep. All right. Um, And, and you know, it's funny because, like, normally we would be like, oh, let's talk about what happened last week. But it's like, you know, the semifinals came and went, and we've got so much to focus on in these state championship games. Uh, and we'll talk about the semifinals as we're talking about these teams. But we will start, Matthew, with our first 11-man state championship game of 2020. At 7 o'clock Wednesday night at AT AT&T Stadium as the Mart Panthers, going for the four-peat, take on, wait for it, the Windthorst Trojans. There we go. And Windthorst, there's probably, of the 12 teams that are at, or I'm sorry, of the 16 teams that are at AT AT&T Stadium, I think there's probably only two that I would call maybe three that I would call like an actual surprise being at at and Here's one of them. Yep. Chris Tackett's Trojans. They weren't even supposed to come out of their own region. And here they are 48 minutes away from a title.
1: Yeah. I mean, they now we'll say I picked them to win the region preseason and it raised my eyebrows because Hamlin was the team to beat and you know, what would have happened if Hamlin wouldn't have got had the injuries? I, I don't I don't know, but but I'll tell you, Winthorst has gotten here on the strength of that defense. Yeah, that is an elite defensive unit, and man, last week's game that was a that was just a pure rock fight with Wellington. <laughs> we, we are we are trademarking that term, Craig. Um, <laughs> we, we will send you royalties though, uh, because you are the legend, um, and. I, you know, I think the biggest key in this game when when you look, when you when you fundamentally break this game down, I think it comes down, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. When Thorst has an elite defense, can their defense keep them in the game against this incredibly rocket pow- this incredible rocket powered offense that Mart has with speed just all over the place. Um, you know, at every skill position. I I the game really boils down to this pretty pretty simply in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the thing, is there is, in my opinion, one way and one path only for Winthorst to win this game. And that is for that defense to do what nobody's done this year, which is to match up with this Mart attack yep. and hold them in it and keep this score, I mean... Is, I,
1: I don't if think Mark, can get if Mark is to thirty
0: one. Yeah, I think it's I think it's
1: it's over. I mean, I Winthorst is is not a dynamic offense. They're they're good. And what they do, I, I've seen Winthorst in person this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a solid offense. They've got a good offensive line. Uh Ethan and Cy Belcher are good, solid skill players, but number one, they're not. They're not going to break away and bust a lot of big plays, no. and they're just not an offense that's going to put by design. It's going to—they're not built for that. They're—they're they're built to win games 28-21, mm-hmm. and if it gets—if it gets into the thirties, and that—I they, they just, just don't think they have the firepower to score.
0: Well, and and we're kind of beating around the bush here. I mean, I think you're right. I think Ethan Belcher and Cy Belcher, they're stars, and and what they did last week defensively was a virtuoso performance. Here they are taking on Mart. Mart is going for history. Mart is looking to become just the fifth program in Texas high school football history to win four consecutive state championships, joining Lake Travis, who won five, Sealy, Salina, and Fort Hancock. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's legends. That's Mount Rushmore stuff Mm -hmm. uh, of Texas high school football. And it's the same. I mean, I don't want to say it's the same script every week for Mart, but Mart do what Mart do, which is they're going to run zone read with Roger L. Freeman, at quarterback and Clyde Darian Campbell and uh, Medlock. What's Medlock's first name? Uh, uh, Detravian. Yeah. Detravian Medlock. They're gonna run that zone read every once in a while. Uh, Roger Elper Freeman's gonna throw. They yeah, threw three touchdown passes last week. Every once in a while, yeah. and they're just a lot faster than everyone in two A Division Two. And it's That's not been, close. No, <laughs> it's,
1: yeah, it's not close. Like they are, they are. It's like remember how you had an old VCR. And, you know, you would hit like times two to make it go a little faster <laughs> and you'd hit times four to make it go real fast. Mart's like at times eight. You know, it's like it's it's incredible. There's just it's, they're it's sometimes
0: nasty. shocking to watch, yeah. like that they are running past people like they're like they're standing still, mm-hmm. and that's what Winthorpe is up against. Like Winthorpe has to dial up a defensive game plan to hold them in it, and and it's it's funny because you know you talk about we're in a state championship game, and obviously there are no slouches in state championship games. I mean, all of these teams are really really good and really really talented and really really well coached. And we don't say this a ton, but I'm kind of getting bad matchup vibes from this game.
1: Yeah, I, I Mark's a big favorite in this game. And the there is – does this have the – I don't know if it has the feel of Mark Groover a couple of
0: years ago, but it kind of does. So no, not quite I, that because the thing yeah. was – remember, one of the things we went into that game concerned about was that Groover's defense was not – they were a team that was outscoring people. You yeah. know what I
1: mean. Groover by nature was a spread offense, so they were going to give Mart more possessions. Yes. I think Winthorpe by nature is going to hold on to the football. They're going to grind out a couple of first downs, mm-hmm. um, even on a bad drive. They're probably going to grind out a first down or two and run a couple of minutes off the mm-hmm. clock and that kind of thing. But I just feel like man, when Mart has the football, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be interested to see if, if when the first couple of series, because yeah. that's when you adjust to the speed. is those first couple of series a lot of the times and i will be interested to see after those first couple of series how Winthorst does. you know, you might see mart break a long one early and then it, it'll be like the third the third series when Winthorst has had a chance to adjust to the speed. if they can stop mart after that, i think maybe there there's a chance they can hang in there for a while, but if you start seeing mart just continue, you know, it's it's going those those third and fourth series is going to be real telling in this ball game.
0: And- and I mean, it's also worth mentioning, you know. And it's just—it feels like we're bearing Winthorps, and I don't mean to, because it's—it's it's a remarkable well, story that I, they're here. I think, they, I think everyone kind of understands they're—they're they're a decided underdog. Heck, they may probably—they yeah, may. But Nick Mart. The one thing I will say about them, though, and the one thing that that I—I I look at this game, like you really can't underestimate the fact that for many, a handful of these kids on that Mart te- team, this is their fourth title game like and by the way this is the third time they've played on Wednesday night Mm -hmm. and and in a you know when you're talking about weird things playing on Wednesday night is weird playing on playing on national television is weird it is a different element and so Mart has that advantage there and so look I would love to be surprised because I do think that there is a chance that if Winthorst dials up this defensive game plan and they can and they can crack the code and find a way to just mitigate the MART speed offensively, that we could go into halftime and it could be something like 2114, you know, 2110, uh, you know, 1710, something like that. And then you're like, okay, game on for Winthorst. There's yeah. a possibility for that. There is also a possibility that this game is over 15 minutes into it.
1: Yes. I'm not yeah, trying to vary
0: a team. I'm just being honest.
1: That's the, uh, there, there's, there's, there's a good chance of that. I think Mark, just because what Mark has done in the past, uh, you know, the, you know, in the past few years. So, um, and what they've done, especially in 2A Division 2, where really only Hamlin in their, in their now three plus, you know, almost three years in 2A Division 2 has challenged them as a 2A Division 2 school. So, right. Um, I think March the favorite. That, that if they if they win this game, that would put them uh, the third school in UIL with nine state titles in school history, along
0: right. Alito and Richland Springs. That's right. That's absolutely right. So yeah. pretty remarkable. Anyway, that's kicking it off Wednesday night. Then we're gonna go home, go into our little football beds, put on our football pajamas. We're gonna wake up the next morning. We're gonna do it again. 11 a.m. Thursday. Your
1: pajamas, are your, Are your football pajamas one piece or two piece?
0: I uh, have I have a, Do have a I have trap one, door in the back. Or what? I have a one piece with the trap door. <laughs> Let's go to 11 a.m. it's <laughs> It's 11 a.m. Thursday at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It's the 2A Division One State Championship game between Post and Shiner. And when I was scripting the picks video. Uh, to shoot uh i we because the game was set thursday night we shot it friday morning when i was scripting the picks video for texasfootball.com i had to refrain from using the word violent because <laughs> i didn't because that's what i want to say yeah. but that's probably a little you know that's a little uncouth you don't want to yeah. say that kind of thing but we're on the premium podcast and yeah. let me just tell you this is going to be a a lesson in brutality
1: yes if you like if you like physical Smash Mouth beat your ass football then Mm -hmm. buddy I got the game for you Post and Shiner (laughs) is going to be that this will wake you up
0: on Thursday morning
1: yes Um, this
0: will be your coffee it is and 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 what I love about this game is try this on for size I think Post is a South Texas team that plays in the in the South Plains I, they I think have that they, personality. They're a region four team. They feel yeah. like a region four team. They play like a region four team.
1: They do. And they would fit very very well into a division one region four. Um, and yeah, go ahead. So this, 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 this the, the the thing about post that that's impressed me uh, throughout the year has been been that defense. You know that 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 that, that that's the group that last, last year they were solid defensively. They, they've taken another step this year.
0: They absolutely have, and and I mean, it was to the point that it was actually a bit of a surprise, and like it was eyeball emojis in the Slack, eyeball emojis on Twitter when Crawford scored, yeah, like We're when they surprise, scored. right, and and because it has been pulling teeth to find a way past this post defense and, and the, the bottom line about them. And we talked about it and it, it, it kind of played out a little bit. Like we talked about last week with Crawford that Crawford needed to throw to, to, to really win that game because that front seven for post, especially that front four, dude, they're huge. They are, they are not only, they don't even play big. They are physically big. They're physically large. And, I don't know. I, it that that's what makes it so interesting because they're going up against a team in Shiner that is, in many respects, that same team. Mm-hmm. They are a team that is big and they are physical and they are mean and they run it at you. And yeah, every once in a while they'll dial up a pass play and stuff like that. But they are fundamentally a line it up and like. I hate to say it, but like lay it on the table and let's measure them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those games. And I so I saw
1: I I I saw Timpson in the quarter in the regional finals and then I saw what Shiner and I saw how good of a team Timpson was. And I and Shiner just dismantled Timpson in the semifinals. 49 to 7, it wasn't even close. They outgamed Timpson in the first half, 321 to 43. That was eye, eye popping to me. Um, I think Shiner, as as physical and as good as Post is in the trenches, I think Shiner's got the edge up front on both sides of the ball, uh, mainly on the defensive line because I don't know who's going to block Doug Brooks. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that that edge goes to Shiner. I think Post overall across the board is a little faster. Um, I'd love to see Dalton Brooks and Ashton Jefferson run in a in a, a hundred yard hundred yard dash. I think that'd be fun. or hundred meter dash. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Um, I think I think post across the board's a little faster than Shiner, but Shiner's got enough speed to to, to I think neutralize that. Um, so I give the edge to Shiner in this game. The one big edge that I think Post does have is they were here last year. Mm-hmm. They played at AT and T Stadium last year. They they got to the big big stage and fell fell short, but they got there. And they're back this year. Shiner, this this group, you know, fell fell to Refurio in that game in that classic game uh, last year, um, and didn't didn't make this point. So Ref- Shiner, these kids haven't have not been to this stage quite yet. So that's the edge I'd give to Post in the game. It's just having been on the stage.
0: It, it's a couple of things. You know, one thing I think is going to be really interesting is are there some home runs to be hit because, you know, one thing, one of the big concerns we had last week with Crawford. And one of the big concerns we had last week with Timpson is these two teams don't let you drive on them. Like Uh these are teams that like the best chance you're going to have to score is to pop one. It's to get loose, to shake a tackle and then outrun somebody. Now, as you mentioned, I think a guy like Ashton Jefferson and to a certain extent Sladen Pittman, the quarterback for for Mart, or for for Post rather, they've got the juice. And if they get if they get out, out in space, that could be a problem for Post, or for Shiner rather. Mm-hmm. But Shiner has also seen teams that they are quote unquote slower than. They were slower than Refurio. I think there's an argument they were slower than Timpson.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, and you know, they've they've found a way to to neutralize it every time, and it hasn't been right. too big. I mean, other than that one big run from Jordan Kelly in the first first series against Refurio, I haven't seen Shiner's defense really look um, lost or out of place or over overmatched at any point. I mean that was the only that one play. I was like, oh, you know, Refurio hit that little seam there. So I, I think mm-hmm. Post is going to have to, you know, this is going to be a low scoring defensive mm-hmm. defensive game. It's going to come down to all the cliche football things you, you, you can th- you can think of. Um, and it's just going to come I – th- I think Shiner's going to be able to, especially in the second half, because even last week against Crawford, I was a little surprised that Crawford was able to hang in that game as long as they were against Post. And I, I think Shiner's going to be able to do that, in a l- but a little bit better. I think they find a way to pull it out. I think,
0: I think Shiner has seen a team like Post. I do not mm-hmm. think Post has seen a team like Shiner. And, and that's one thing that I've got my eye on. This is, this is, this is my game this week. This is the, this is the stop. Don't go to work. Don't like work's lame. Stay at home. Uh, uh, watch this game. This is my favorite game of the weekend. This is my number one ranked game. I think it's going to be amazing. So that's two, a division one going on Thursday morning. Let's now go to Thursday afternoon, 3 PM Thursday at AT&T stadium in Arlington it's the three A Division two state championship game. We should mention, by the way, they're going from smallest to largest, which is mm-hmm. the way it should always be. Yes, but that's just me. It is the Canadian Wildcats taking on the Franklin Lions, and let's take a moment and gawk in awe. Of what Canadian did to Gunner last week?
1: You think they were stewing for a year? Holy
0: crap, dude! I talk that about, talk that, about cathartic, right? That had like vengeful, mm-hmm. like undertones. That was a that was that was that was getting some frustration out. Oh yeah, I for mean sure. they went out there and absolutely clobbered Gunner, thirty-three to six. And honestly. I mean, what, they jumped out twenty to nothing. And like in a lot of ways they could have named their score. Um now that you know, Gunner, I think, made some defensive adjustments, stuff, and, and we were able to slow them down later, but like by that point it was done and dusted. And they took they took the heart out of Gunner. You know what I mean? Like early in that game. I mean, really remarkable. Um Yeah. I mean it was twenty six nothing quick. Yeah. Um, it was it was it was like, oh. Oh like if you if you were like oh you know what I'll pick that thing up in the second quarter if you flipped it on you were like well I need to find another game to watch yeah. I mean it was stunning stunning and 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 what you saw from what you saw was Canadian when they are hitting on all cylinders especially offensively because when they're hitting on all cylinders they're running the ball effectively with Hayes Huffstetler Josh Colwell is distributing that football to guys on in those kind of short quick routes that they're very crisp, and then they're they're they are dropping dimes over the top whenever you like. They get you on like the the hitch and go, and they're just dropping it over the top, and they're and and suddenly it's six. Like it, that was really impressive. And let's also not understate what the defense did last week, because to hold Gunner to six points is a chore. Yeah. yeah, they did it. That's unbelievable.
1: No one's done that to Gunner. I mean, in three, four years at least. I mean, even when Newton kind of handled Gunner in this in that state title game, um, it was. I guess actually, you know what? The last time Gunner's probably been held to that low of a point total was against Canadian in twenty. Was it seventeen or eighteen? Yeah, I think so. Twenty eighteen. When seventeen to seven, but Canadian, Canadian won that game seventeen to seven. That was a slugfest. Mm-hmm. This game was over at halftime. Yeah. Um, I, I think Hayes Hufstedler is one of the most underrated players in the state of Texas. Agree. Um, you know, a Canadian running back typically doesn't get a lot of pub. I mean, when when Canadians roll in, we're usually talking about their quarterback. You know, when they had Tanner Schaefer and that crew, we, we usually talk about Canadian and, and, and that's their spread offense and their quarterbacks. Uh, and and Joshua Caldwell is a good player, and Twister Kelton has an awesome name and is a great player as well. Um, I, I think Hayes Hufstedler is really the, the heartbeat of this team. You
0: know? I think you're entirely right, and 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 they are they're cruising right now, cruising into AT&T Stadium What well, they will get out of is it robertson county i think robertson county yeah I, robertson county yeah right there in the Bryan college station area go to the brazos valley the franklin lions in this is this mark Fannin's first year it is his first year man yeah what a
1: job man yeah that's, he, I mean, he, he's, following, he's following a legend of mike hedrick i know and that's tough and franklin's been great this year um you know we talked about franklin a little bit in the slack and i think the the theme that that talking about Franklin that we had was is they're just a solid team across the board. I don't, I don't see, I mean, obviously, the, I guess they, they have a weakness is it's throwing the ball this because their offense isn't built for that, but this is a team that's, that's good on the trenches on both sides of the ball. They've got good team speed. They've got a lot of different weapons. They come at you at and, and there's, you know, coming come at you with and they're a solid defensive team. There's not a lot of weaknesses on this Franklin team, but they don't jump off the page at you is, is with the, with one star or one, Mm-hmm. Or, or one kind of headline guy. They're just a solid group.
0: They got a couple guys out there that can, that can, that, that have the juice that can get going a little bit, right? With Seth Spiller and Bryson Washington. But look, this is a team that runs the slot T. You know what I mean? The slot T. And maybe, uh, okay, here's a weird question When's the last time Canadian played the slot T? a good question
1: because there's not slot t is not a prevalent offense in the panhandle you know a lot of wing wing t offenses up there mm -hmm. but but slot t not so much
0: but they're gonna there and and look there to me again this is this is not i think as stark as mart and winthorst but i do think that there is a pretty narrow path that franklin would have to walk to win this game by the way they're back in their first title game since 2015 uh this will be much earlier than that game um Mm -hmm. But I think there's a very narrow. It's it's a narrow path, but there's a path for them, and that is there's 48 minutes in this game, and you have the ball for 31 of them.
1: Yeah, they have got to control the tempo, keep Canadian off the field, grind out first downs, grind out clock, and then hope that in Canadian's limited possessions, that they can come up with a stop. Canadian makes a mistake, they put the ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, they get an untimely holding penalty, it gets them off schedule that's kind of the formula and the recipe to to, to the upset and, and that's what this would be I think Canadian comes into this game um as a as a pretty 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 good size favorite um and I think in order for, for Franklin to win they've got to have a lot of things go right because I think this Canadian team is 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 approaching you know the, the way they're playing right now they're playing they're playing as well as I've seen any they're playing as well probably as the Newton of team in 20 yep. uh in 2017 was playing when no they and, play any and
0: and to be clear, I, I think it's probably worth mentioning that we were probably, no matter who came out of the le- those semifinals, I think it's probably fair to say that the left side, which is, uh, you know, Region One, Region Two, Canadian Gunner, was going to be favored over the right side, which would be Franklin or Wascom. With that said. This strikes me as a matchup advantage for Canadian, in the sense that if Wascom were here, hypothetically, their speed—like they've just got some straight-up burners—and that could be that could give them some trouble because those would probably be some of the fastest players they've seen all year. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not this is a team with good speed at Franklin, but not it's not a track team. They're a they're a. Um they're a grind you know, it out. They're grinding team. They grind it out. Yeah, they're grinders. You know, this is a grinding team and they need to grind this one out. Uh, but I think that you're right. You know, and but but one of the things that I think is, is super underrated and always goes underrated about Chris Ketting's teams at Canadian, Canadian's defense is super good and they're super sound. And and yep. and this and to me credit. and that's one thing that I think is really interesting is that especially with a slot T, you're giving Chris Ketting a week to figure it out and to install a defensive game plan how effectively can he do it i will say i think he has an advantage because this is a, he, he's dealing with a group of kids who are real cerebral and real rock solid and understand their role they they play great team defense yep. they're canadian and that yep. might be an advantage for them
1: canadian is always always a team greater than the sum of their parts and that's that kind of unit, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is gonna really come into play going up against this unique Franklin scheme.
0: I know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I do think there's a chance that Canadian runs away and hides. Uh and Franklin's not a team necessarily built to chase, which is funny because Canadian or Franklin has put up big numbers before in like this year. They've put up I mean what, that that game with Buffalo was like 55-36 or something? Like it ended up being a high-scoring affair. So they're they're capable of that, but I'm just not sure that Canadians' defense is going to let them do that. So I think that for, for, for me, Franklin's got to keep this score low if they're going to win this game. So super interesting game, 3 yep. o'clock Thursday. Okay, we round it all out. Not all of it, but we round out Thursday with a, uh, yeah, I'm comfortable saying this. It's a Thursday night showcase. Because yeah. it is your 3A Division One State Championship game as the Jim Ned Indians mm-hmm. out of Tuscola, America, take on the Hallettsville Bremas. There will be a first-time state champion here. Neither of these teams have ever won a title. That's cool. And, okay, it's you were at match. the Jim Ned Mount Vernon game. Um, at I, was at semifinal. I was at yeah, oh, I was that's
1: at Hallettsville. Yeah, oh, that's right. You've seen H- both these at, teams. Recently. I had a Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and the the weird thing is these teams played in the regular season mm-hmm. in, a, in a game thrown together late, which uh, the DCTF staff did assist with and kind of helping those coaches uh, get in touch Atlanta, with each other. right? It was in Lano. Jim uh, Ned won 24-21. So I think the, fir- the first game. big thing, yeah, the first big thing is to know is, is how did those two teams approach that game? What what's in their back pocket? What are they not shown? What what and what do they learn from that matchup uh, originally? Um, the second thing I think the biggest key is, you know, all the headlines are going to go to Hallsville's running back Jonathan Brooks, and rightfully so. I saw him for the first time on Thursday night. And he is unbelievable. He is a special, special player and a great kid as well. Just a super polite and respectful kid. Um, You can tell he he was raised. You know, he's he's the the folks who have raised him and brought him up did a hell of a job with him. He's a great kid. Uh, Texas Longhorn fans be proud to have him um, representing them. Uh, But there's another running back in this game that I don't think is getting enough credit. Who is a wonderful player as well, and that's Xavier Wishard at Jim Ned that hmm. guy is like the energizer bunny he just goes 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 both sides of the ball he is always playing at 100 miles per hour and he just makes plays and he was huge and uh, he was huge in the Brock game when I saw Jim Ned upset Brock and then he was huge last week against Mount Vernon he, he is a special player he, and he's not he's a kid that I don't think is, is going to get enough credit in the lead up to this game because I think all the spotlights going to go to Jonathan Brooks
0: well and you want to talk about a team like we were talking about with Canadian. Greater than the sum of their parts. Jim Ned is. They are. I mean, let, let's start with this. They started the year unranked in our magazine. Okay, like Good job, we're talking Dave Campbell, in the, Texas football. We're Good talking job. about in the division split era, in 3A Division One. This is this is a. I mean, look, it's a it's a pretty big miss from us. Like plain and simple. I mean now. Part of it is that you know, look, we had a lot of questions about what they were going to, what they were going to be able to do, uh, and what they were going to look like this year. Um, and they and they're coming off a team. What they were six and five last year, something like that. They were uh, seven and four, seven and four last year. But and maybe this is in hindsight, but. You look at some of the things, and you're like, okay, well, they had a 10 and OJV. You know, Xavier Wisher, you know, was was kind a little hampered by injury last year. Uh, He was a little nicked up here, but he was their leading returner and rusher and stuff like that. We wondered were they going to be able to find a quarterback they have in Tate Yardley. Um, We wondered about that. We had some questions, you know, here and there, but at the same time. Look, here's the thing. I'll be a big jerk and I'll 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 expose Matt Fanning, who's a, a good dude. But like, I've got their questionnaire up right now. Um, he did not have them in their top five in their region. You know, like was he sandbagging us a little bit? Maybe he was sandbagging us. I mean, but here's what he said. He said we're really young, and you know what? They were, and they had, and they did some growing up, and they are playing their best football right now. This team is. And the one thing that makes me really interested in this game is, dude, Jim Ned ain't afraid of nobody, okay? We are going to talk no, about they, Jonathan they Brooks. Play, yeah. Jonathan Brooks is an alien. He is from another planet, I am convinced. Um, mm-hmm. But they, there's a lot of teams that would look at that and be like, ah, well, just not going to be our night. Uh, Jim Ned ain't coming in. They, they play fearless, man.
1: Yeah, and they've already seen Brooks. They, they know what he brings to the table. They know how good he is, but that, that's, they, they beat him. They they, mm-hmm. they, stepped to, they stepped up to the plate, and they, they took Howlesville down. Now, the thing is, there's an old adage, right? It's tough to beat a team twice in one year, especially when the two teams are evenly matched. And clearly, from that first game, you, you can make a pretty good assumption that, that Howlesville and Jim Ned are, are evenly matched. I, I think a big key in this game is going to be, Jim Ned is going to be hell-bent on, on slowing Brooks down. I don't know if they can do it. It's tough, but they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be hell bent on slowing Brooks down. Cancel some of other playmakers just keep the pressure off of Brooks just a little bit, so that when Jim Ned does that, they, they make them pay? Um, you know, quarterback Trace Potek. Um, you know, they've got he's got some good skill players. They've got a good offensive line. I think they can they can make there's plays to be had, especially with all the attention on Brooks. I think mean, the other thing is going to be Jim Ned and the two games that I've seen them play. Um, they take the air out of the football. Mm-hmm. They hold on to the football and they don't get they don't give it up. And they Tate Yardley, the quarterback, doesn't put up massive numbers or, or anything like that. But what he does really well is he is efficient and he is a master at the third and six, third and seven conversion. Where they'll Jim Ned rolls him usually to his right and they run this little this they just run this little sideline route. They run an out route to the sideline and 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 he spreads it around to different guys, and they, they and they flood the zone, and they always have a guy open on the sideline, and they get eight yards on third and seven. They third and seven and third and sixth mount 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 Vernon to death last week, mm-hmm. and at key moments against Brock, they did the same thing. Hallsville on third down. Has got to find a way to get off the field, and, and they got to scout that. They got to scout those little intermediate routes that Jim Ned runs, and try to take those away and force Yardley to throw the ball deep, or maybe he's not uh, as comfortable doing so. Because then, then, you get you get Jim Ned's deep offense off the field, and then you get to start to wear down their defense. Jim Ned's yes. defense has been fresh at the end of the end of the two games that I've seen them play, and last week against Mount Vernon, they were fresh at the end. They got they forced two turnovers and won the game.
0: Yeah and that was that's what going to be really interesting because it especially going up against a guy like brooks um it, tackling him tackling him in the first quarter sucks tackling him in the fourth quarter really sucks like it's not especially fun especially if you're tired right and yeah. so that is and look i'll be i will be honest there is a, there's a couple of different ways i think this game goes i think this game is absolutely fascinating um There, I think there's real Jordan Whittington possibility here that I, there is a real possibility that Jonathan Brooks on this big stage puts on this incredible show and everyone goes, well, like Jim Ned never had a chance or something like that. Right. That is, that is, I think very possible. He is that good, but like, you know, I'm not going to – I guess my pick will be out at this point. I'm taking Jim Ned. I'm taking Jim Ned. Uh, I think they've got a little bit of magic. I think there's something about this team. And and what it is, sometimes there's just those teams that come up with the play at the right moment, and you can't explain it. It has nothing to do – I, I want not say it has nothing to do with talent, but it's like it just – they have that knack. And they've had that knack every week basically. I mean, they had that knack against Brock. They had that – I mean, they kind of blew out Pile Point, but they had that knack last week against Mount Vernon. And I don't know. There's a lot of – there's a lot of teams that are quote-unquote better than Jim Ned that would have lost that game last week. There's
1: there's a lot of that blank insert fill – in, fill in the adjective team. Uh, yes. That team energy from Jim Ned. But – I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to take mm. Hallett'sville. I'm going to go with, with Jonathan Brooks, and I'm going to go with – it's tough to beat a team twice in the same year when two teams are easily matched. And I'm going to flip the script and take Hallett'sville to win the state title.
0: Great finale to yes. Thursday. Great yes. finale. I'm fired up for yeah, it. It's going to be great. Thursday is going to be a
1: good day. we got, we got the, the first game and the third game are going to be awesome. Second game, hope it's good. You know, But you know, I think the first and third game, we're, I think those are the ones – those are probably the two games we're looking forward to the most.
0: Absolutely. And that's going to close out Thursday. At that point, we will once again go go and put on our trapdoor pajamas, football trapdoor mm-hmm. pajamas, get some sleep, and get ready for two more state championship games on Friday. But that's for another podcast. So that's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We will be back very soon with our Friday preview, previewing the 4A Division II state championship game and the 4A Division I state title game. But until then, Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. See you next time on Tep and Step.